0: Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata,
1: And I'm Margo Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com.
0: Each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margo and I invite a member of New Orleans' restaurant and food community to join us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, the Plus One we never know who the Plus One is going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or a fellow restaurant colleague. Well, our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is Chef Anthony Scanio of Emeralds de Monaco. Very excited about that.
1: And if you're hungry for more Midnight Menu Plus One, then we can dish out here. We have all kinds of extra stuff on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can check out our blog, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and we have our midnight menu plus one facebook page or you can just google midnight menu plus one and we come right up
0: midnight menu plus one is brought to us tonight by wayfair wayfair is a fabulous restaurant bar on fret street and you know i'm not exaggerating if you are a facebook friend with me because i went uh three different times i went and took pictures (laughs) this week I, I, i couldn't stay away it was awesome two lunches and a dinner this week a lot of places to get great food in New Orleans. Uh, I, I know that well. We know that on the show. Had eight, I've eaten at over 800 New Orleans restaurants, but there's no place doing what Wayfair is doing. Chef Kevin White comes from this fine dining background. He's putting all this training and experience and taste into sandwiches, and they're great.
1: And uh, I've been to Wayfair one time this week. All right. Only, and I really enjoyed it. And they have equally great salads, appetizers, and small plates that you can enjoy at the bar.
0: Yep. And you know what? It's cheap, too. <laughs> I mean, you pay the same or less uh, than a price the price of a sandwich in other places. And, again, it's just an amazing uh, taste experience.
1: Plus, for being a Midnight Menu Plus One listener, you'll, they'll give you 10% off of your bill at That's Wayfair. crazy.
0: All you have to do is just say, uh, we sent you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Wayfair is open seven days from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday until 10 a.m. on weeknights, and it's, it's on that new hip part of Ferret Street. Remember to tell them that we sent you from Midnight Menu Plus One to get your discount. Uh, honestly, it's, it's one of my absolute favorite spots. Well, Margot, it's time to introduce our guest, Chef Anthony Scanio. He heads the kitchen at Emeralds de Monaco in the Lower Garden District on St. Charles Avenue. Chef Anthony is a leader in returning to the roots of Creole cooking. Homey, approachable, fresh, diverse. <laughs> utilizes ingredients and techniques that have been long forgotten to reinterpret the dishes for today's taste. Keeping really in the tradition of Chef Emeril's signature new New Orleans cuisine. Very, very excited to have with us Chef Anthony. Welcome.
2: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I think that pretty much sums it up. I'm not sure what else I have to say now. <laughs> We're done. Alright, okay. <laughs> Alright, perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the beer. I'll be on my way. Uh, no, no. It's, uh, that's, that's a really uh, good summation, a good really starting point. It's, it's like we talk about like Emeril. Uh, 20 years ago ago came out with new New Orleans cuisine where he was from Fall River Massachusetts and he brought a lot of outside influences to New Orleans and kind of freshened up our our food and what we do at Delmonico is I have that legacy of new New Orleans but also that legacy of Delmonico which has been there since 1895, a classic Creole restaurant it's been witness to so much Creole cuisine, so much New Orleans of of New Orleans story, the ghosts there know a lot about this cuisine (laughs) a a lot more than I ever will and so what we try to do at Delmonico is in many ways uh, new old New Orleans cuisine. <laughs> you know, I think that's really fun, a lot of fun, and really interesting and delicious and mm. very approachable. And it's uh, really trying to tell uh, the story of New Orleans on a plate. It's it's, it's explored. It's, it's it's a process. It's something we're exploring and working towards uh, more and more every day.
1: All right. Well, um, speaking of stories of New Orleans, I, I'd like to know a little bit about you <coughs> and. Uh, can you share <laughs> with us you you are a local local I, boy, correct? <laughs> yes, I am a local boy, that is correct <laughs> and um, can you share with us uh, maybe your most nostalgic memory of growing up in uh, in our area
2: oh it's 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 as you know growing up here. And uh, I, I, I love. I have this love affair with New Orleans. I'm crazy about New Orleans. As you know, as a, as a teenager, then in my 20s, even my early 30s, it's like eh, New Orleans. And I think that's that's not that's not atypical. You know, yeah. it's, it's a little bit little bit older. Now you come to recognize this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is shapes who I am, and I can embrace this and really be part of this discussion and creating on creating this new, new Orleans we're in right now. Um, but nostalgic. It's. Um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But uh, uh, the story is my first memory, my earliest memory, and it's actually actually very important. Earliest memory. I was two and a half years old, but I recall this. I was in 1973, Mardi Gras. Our family rode in Elks, huh. and I I remember we were, we were gypsies, and I remember being in a high chair. <laughs> and I remember I didn't I don't know I didn't know the streets names at the time, but in, in retrospect I can tell what they were. I remember turning from St. Charles onto Canal and just. Um, a sea of people. That's my earliest memory.
1: At uh, two and a half, you rode ha- in Elks. the parade in a high chair. In a high
2: chair, that is correct. That is How my earliest awesome memory.
3: How
1: awesome
2: is that? <laughs> nice. But um, just just yesterday, in fact, um, not specifically in New Orleans, but very much in New Orleans, um, my wife and my, my, my two sons, six and eight year old, we went to uh, Clement Harbor, to Waveland, we went crabbing. Ah. And so that's uh, I uh, growing up, we always had a little had a little summer home in Clement Harbor, and so that's a very much New Orleans memory. Going on summer weekends, uh, going to the coast, going to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and you go to the beach there, and it's not really a beautiful beach, <laughs> and it's quite honestly you're just as much in Lake Bourne as you are in Mississippi Sound. It's, it's <laughs> brackish water, it's brown. I, d- I thought water was brown growing up, <laughs> but that's, that was a, that's a huge. The kind of nostalgic thing growing up and going, uh, going with your grandparents, going with your parents to the coast, crabbing, uh, fishing, you know and, uh, and that's, so it was just wonderful uh, just yesterday to be able to share that with with my family with my with my children and have that sense of continuity you mm-hmm. know something that uh, I did with my parents and I know my parents did with their grandparents wanted to go to the coast, and so it 's just continuing on that, uh, that, that that legacy that part of that continuity and in fact, uh, just uh, an hour ago. I was sitting out in the backyard eating the crabs we caught. We, boiled them, last <laughs> <laughs> we boiled, boiled them last night. Then we refrigerated them, and I was just eating them an hour ago. And so uh, that's very so much New Orleans Did you experience. eat at
0: Delmonico's
2: before it was Emerald's when you were a kid? I, was a, I grew up in Araby. Uh. Uh, and so I grew up in Araby until I was about 11. Uh, we didn't get uptown much. Uh. Mandage man, was as far as up we got. Don't know. <laughs> no, so I, I never ate at the Emerald's. Uh, the Monaco pre that when the sisters owned it, the La Franca sisters. Never, owned it, never went there. Um, but I, you know, I, I knew restaurants like that. Restaurants that did Creole food, but also did a little Creole Italian, did a little bit of, you know, kind of this little soul food, but it wasn't really, call it such, but it really was. And, but that very much is in the New Orleans tradition that was uh, fine dining, but was very comfortable and reproachable. Mm. And so, but no, I never went there. I, I grew up in, in Arabi. And then uh, moved to the New Orleans East, spent time in Metairie, lived uptown for a long time, lived in Italy for about a year, uh-huh. uh, even lived in Pescociana, Mississippi for about a year. But uh, no, so I, did, I never went to the old Delmonico, but I certainly understand what kind of restaurant it was and what kind of restaurant it, it, it mm-hmm. needs to be now.
1: Well, speaking of Italy, I would like to hear <laughs> more about that, but I want to know um your uh, family history a little bit are you what what
0: you got to be at least half Italian right half
2: that is correct yeah um, yeah my father's side is uh, from Sicily great-grandparents late 1800s 1890 or so great-grandparents came over there was a huge um, influx of Sicilian Americans Sicilians to New Orleans at the time uh, that's when, like, uh, the mufalette was created, and the French m- Quarter was really—it uh, was a—it was a Sicilian slum. So, yeah. Lower French Quarter was known as Little Palermo. Right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, tenements, you know, and uh... all the French. Yeah, qu- I mean, the Italian immigrants came
0: to New Orleans earlier than they came to New York. Really, yeah. it was uh... first Mafia was here, right? Yeah, before Ellis Island. Are you leading towards hands, uh,
1: the black hand? Do no. you want to ask him something? <laughs> about, uh, are you implying anything? No, 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 no well I can.
0: It'll come. No. <laughs>
2: Uh when I was a young, uh, my m- when I was a young boy. When I was about seven or about nine or ten. My my father, Salvatore Escanio. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a beautiful yeah. name. Yeah, it's a good name. It's a great name. <laughs> he uh, talk was, we're gonna move to Haiti. <laughs> we're gonna move to Haiti, and he's gonna like you know accept packages and deliver packages for people. I'm like, oh, what's
3: going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: the kid. I was thinking. I go here to school and, and I lose, miss all my school friends. <laughs> and then later on, you know, growing up, after I grew up, I went, "Hey, wait, what was going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what was going on here?" But uh, no, uh, but yeah, this 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 is huge. Um, Italian or really Sicilian influence here in New Orleans. In fact, it's become so assimilated, sometimes we don't recognize it. Yeah. Growing up, I didn't recognize it. Uh, I, thought, I thought everyone had a father bean in their wallet for good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, going to St. Joseph's Day altars with my grandmother. And back then, they weren't so much in churches. They'd go to people's homes.
0: Yeah, t- tell our listeners, a lot of people don't know about St. Joseph's altars. Tell em it's, uh, that's sort of a New Orleans thing. Tell it's us it's just, yes, the Saint New Orleans Italians thing. Yeah,
2: it's... Yeah. Yeah. Dates back to Sicily in the Middle Ages. I don't the, the story is kind of lost in the mist exactly, but there was a famine, and they prayed to Saint uh, Saint Joseph for deliverance from the famine, and it, know, it rained fava beans and cannoli from the sky. right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, the famine was r- relieved, but they ate the, they ate the fava beans, dried fava beans. That's how they st- like overcame the famine. And so every year March 19th, there's in history, a story of these wonderful altars of food, uh, that they that they, that they are in honor of Saint Joseph and. Uh, overcoming the famine right now because it's the middle of it's always on Lent it's kind of like a like on Lenten break it's always just seafood and it's breads and it's vegetables and it's cakes but it's always like a, a, a Lenten break just like St. Uh, Patrick's Day is a Lenten break here in New Orleans as right, well right. so like you Lent and then you can have a little bit of party in as well but it's so uh, with that Came with the with the uh, the immigrants here to New Orleans, and I think it's in a few other communities too. I think they do it as well. But this is, is this is a long history of the St. Joseph's Day altars. Uh, right, and just
0: and elaborately decorated the food, and people yeah, invite folks over in their homes and exactly. all that. And churches have it now too.
2: Yeah, churches have it yeah. now too, and it's um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, at this point, it's not even specifically uh, Italian Americans that do it's it. It's just Catholic, the, the whole yeah, the whole community, the New Catholic New Orleans, community yeah. here does it. But it's. Uh, no, but like uh, it was amazing. Was growing up, it's like my grandmother had like a huge, like a like a life-size six-foot fountain in her front yard in Araby. <laughs> and I thought this was normal. And then only later on as an adult realized, wait, that's 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 very very Italian. That's what <laughs> Italian would do, yeah. or in fact. Um, so my father grew up in Treme. Now, Treme, uh, it's uh, very popular now. But a lo- long time ago, it was like a mixed community. Very, uh, a lot of Sicilian-Americans there, too. Louis Prima was from Treme. Yeah. Uh, the St. Anne Grotto. You familiar with the St. Anne Grotto yeah, on yeah. Ursuline? Yep. I remember going there as a child. Uh, and, I didn't, and that was never mentioned to me. But I later on, I learned that one of the big statues there was paid for by the Scanios. So ah. that's my own kind of I'm p- I'm connection. I'm, that's my own connection. I'm, I'm part of the city. The city's part of me. Here I am and i didn't know it either but that's 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 what italians do they they buy statues <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's uh
0: so when was the first time you left new
2: orleans i well i lived as a as a young adoles- adolescent in paris Christian, mississippi i uh, went to school there and it was strange there because right on, on there kind of like just south of uh, the railroad tracks so south of i-10 it very much feels like new orleans it's still part of the creole Gulf Coast. It really is. Okay. Yeah, but then we had people from coming from a little bit further up and all of a sudden you got some twang going on and a <laughs> little you know, country. I'm like, who, is, who are these people? <laughs> you know, so, but that, that was, I, I lived, it's not my first experience living out of New Orleans, but it still felt very much like, felt very much like home. After all, I had, I had um, spent so much time uh, in Waveland and Clement Harbour, so it just it just seems very normal. Uh, so when
0: did you go off and live in Italy? Ha!
2: Uh, that's a long story there. Not a not, not long story, but... Uh, wife and I... When my wife and I got married, I was 28. I still wasn't cooking. I didn't start cooking until I was 30. And it's something like, just kind of realized, realized over the next couple years, like, hey, I think I'm going to cook. And in fact, love, I think I'm going to... You know, I'm, I'm close to my English degree at Tulane, late, but you know what? I think I want to cook, but I'm not dropping out of college. I'm gonna go to Delgado for community, uh, for culinary school. <laughs> so no, it's not, it's just switching uh, focus. And at, the, and we had already gone to Italy for our honeymoon. And so it just kind of grew from there. It's like, let's, 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 let's go to Italy for an extended period. And then um, I was working at Herb Saints and we kind of planned this out over the course of six months. And at that point I was making a line cook salary, which is not, not very much. Uh, but my wife was working, you know, six days a week, and she was seeing home health patients at night. She's a physical therapist, and she basically bankrolled it so that we could spend almost a year in Italy. And I was, I was, I was in that 2004, and it's amazing, hard to believe it was a decade ago. Uh, and it's so one of those where things. in Italy did you live? <laughs> <laughs> the first month we went a very small town of a, just a couple thousand. In uh, the Apennines, in Le a town called called Cali, small town. Went to language school for a month. It's kind of between Urbino and Gubbio, if that may. If it's, in other words, it's just just it's a small town in the mountains, in the hills, hill town. Uh, First month there, then we we spent.
0: But food was great too, wasn't it? Food
2: was simple, 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 fantastic. Uh, we, we, we were kind of adopted by this little uh, local family, uh, Pipo and Adriana, who had like, had like this little highway side trattoria, and we would go there a couple times a week and they would treat us so well. I remember the, it, was, it was March and white truffles were done, but they still had the called uh, Bianchetto truffles, little white truffles, and Pipo and Stilo, the little, little mutt, went and picked some for us. We had a little, had a little white truffle, white truffle dinner there. What? and. Oh, who's the mutt?
0: What I missed the that mutt,
2: part? The, the, the mutt's thing was Stilo.
0: Oh wait, so a dog would dig them up? The dog digs them like up, they, sure. Pigs get them in other places. Yeah, in Italy it was dogs. Dogs,
2: because it's much hard. Try to pull a pig off of a. Uh. <laughs> the truffle's kind of hard. They're big old thing. They're big <laughs> and stubborn. But a dog's a little more, a little more, yeah, a little easier to pull off that truffle. but Adriana it's a very simple meal just you know so truffle truffle scraps a little bit of bruschetta then it was like tagliatelle with meat sauce with the truffles shaved over it all very simple things but it it was just heavenly just knowing that that people that people the the husband had gone and picked them for us it just made it very very special Uh, and I remember it's like instead of 20 euro for your whole meal the truffles are very expensive it's going to be 25 today I go (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay I, we can deal with that, but uh, and that's, yeah. and but I, that's one of the wonderful things. was just that very, that homemade touch, very very personal, that sense of hospitality. Uh, even when, we're not, when I'm not doing kind of Italian-inspired food, it's just that sense of hospitality that I love, and yeah. so that sense of welcome that's, that, just, that we try at Delmonico yeah. to impart to our guests. Yeah,
0: a lot of people say that uh, that spent time in Italy say Italy reminds them a lot of New Orleans in that in terms of that. There's the same sort of like over-the-top hospitality, yeah, warmth. There's Take your warmth time, there. you know. Sure. Yeah,
2: but after that, I spent we spent three months in Rome and. Rome might be the most beautiful city in the world. Mm. Uh, New Orleans is beautiful, but in Rome, <laughs> uh, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> but uh, Rome spent two months on the Amalfi Coast, oh, wow. which is beautiful, south yeah. of Naples. But it was literally, its like 400 steps above the road. That's why you could afford it. It's literally, so it's like literally you perched in a tiny apartment. <laughs> Anywhere uh, you
0: went, you had to go 400 steps there and 400 steps back. It's much yeah, easier to just go for it, just, just to go down.
2: But just <laughs> perched on a cliff overlooking the Tyrrhenian Sea, uh, uh, lemon trees all surrounding olives grapes yeah the blue grotto and all that stuff yeah so So that was quite the dream a month (laughs) in Puglia a little bit time in Sicily it yeah, it was just a the whole thing Was just a wonderful dream
0: wow and this is after you started herb saint but then had gotten real serious about your cooking i was very much
2: served, school, serious about cooking yeah okay. i'd already cooked a couple other places that i cooked at herb saint and that was working with uh, working with donald and with and with steve for yeah. that was a wonderful experience I uh, learned a lot from those guys uh, about simplicity about following the ingredients and then um, you know Came back to America, and at first we would just spend a little time, in Jennifer's hometown, my wife's hometown, which is in uh, an hour and a half southeast of St. Louis, and it was like big culture shock. <laughs> Going from Italy to the Midwest. It was a kind of reverse culture shock. must have been shock.
0: tempted not to come home,
2: huh? It was always time to just, just don't get on the plane. Just don't get on the plane, we'll figure it out. We'll figure, <laughs> it, we'll figure out how to make it work here. Just don't get on the plane. But I'm, I'm glad I came back, I really am. I came back. We are too. Uh, <laughs> came back. I started working in January 2005 at Delmonico. I, I, met, I met someone who uh, worked with at Herb Saint, and that was a good, good way to get an introduction. And I'm like, okay, I've worked with Donald Link. Let me, let me work for Emerald. Let me work at this classic Creole restaurant. Let me learn a little bit more about New Orleans food. And, uh, which is kind of funny, because I'm from New Orleans, but it's, you kind of have to be reminded, because yeah. being that suburban kid from the 70s, there was a lot of Kraft macaroni and cheese, a lot <laughs> of <convenience laughs> products. And so, Part of reclaiming uh, the, uh, the story of New Orleans reclaiming ourselves as New Orleanians is kind of like a uh, rejection of that kind of suburban uh, homogenization yes. th- that we all went through in the '70s yeah, or in yeah, the '60s yeah. as well yep. you know uh, that's why i'm like I live here in the city I, I bike everywhere it gives me a certain connection I th- I can I smell the jasmine I smell the honeysuckle, and it gives me I think it gives me a better feel uh, for what would food make sense here for a better sense of place? Amen. Well,
0: well, it looks like you're plus ones here. Why don't you introduce him?
2: Well, this is uh, Darren Chabert. He's my one of my sous chefs at Delmonico, and cooking is such a collaborative process. And we, I really, we couldn't do anything at Delmonico without without our sous chefs, without Darren, without Will, my other sous chef, because it's just uh, you create together. And Darren, uh, he's a suburban kid like me from Kenner, but he was uh, he was born in the first two years of St. Rock so call for, for today's episode we'll call him the St. Rock Kid and I'll be the Sheik <laughs> of Araby
1: <laughs> we could come then. up with right. a good <laughs> song <laughs> with those two uh that's right that's right <laughs> the, the Sheik of Araby we could
2: have our own little uh, our own little ma- our own little mafia the Sheik of <laughs> Araby and the St. Rock Kid <laughs> <laughs> but really no but uh, no it's that's one it's, to bring uh, Darren because it's like I say it's, it's a collaborative process and it's we're talking about like uh, at Delmonica we do a a stuff meliton which is like old school grandma New Orleans dish. The dish that my grandmother used to make and her grandma her mother used to make it probably pretty similar as well. And you look at the old cookbooks and it's probably not that far from it's pretty close to what Leah Chase makes. It's pretty close to what Austin Leslie makes. This is something we all share in common here, this New Orleans is this, uh, this stuff Meliton. So it's like Darren, how, how was stuff Meliton made at your house? And so it's a conversation. You know, and that's how food is created. It's not it's one person sitting in, sitting at home, one person in the kitchen, in a lab. It's it's <laughs> a conversation. You know, or even even tonight's a conversation, and this will help inspire ideas. You know. Mm.
1: Now, thank you, Darren, for uh, joining us. Good to be here. Us. Um, so, when when y'all are collaborating and creating in the kitchen, you um, do it like and sit around and taste it do you do you all or do you just discuss it first and um, or I mean I'm sure it <laughs> evolves in a lot of different ways but let's take the militantton for for example how did that did you
2: well that was um, we had done it for uh, we had done it for a special dinner it was for a beer dinner and we wanted to play around with it more and the melaton is so essential to New Orleans identity it's like it's like we have the militantton here you, you where else in the South, you have Melaton? You don't, you don't. We have it here in New Orleans. Something that makes us very much unique. In the melaton, it's they have it uh, throughout the Caribbean and, and not in America. And it's like uh, so it's something we share in common with the greater Creole world, but not the rest of the South. Describe so to our listeners what it is. It's it's a gourd. <laughs> it's a mild uh, gourd, it grows on a vine. Uh, most people's grandfathers had one growing in the backyard. Backyard. Yeah. yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah. Yep, there was always a on the side of the house. Yeah. And there's a wire rack all the way down the side of the house. And you take something like that for granted and think everybody has it. <laughs> and you go out there and there's always a a windowsill with a bunch of creel tomatoes <laughs> on it. And then, you know, maybe a bag of bananas that need to be in a paper bag to ripen up <laughs> and then melitons. And it's just like the simplest thing. And wow. then you realize you start traveling. You're know, Like n- nobody has this, no, they're going to McDonald's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nobody has this, <laughs> so, so yeah. And that, he mentioned the milleton and doing a stuffed milleton, which was so familiar. But <laughs> it was a, it's certainly a holiday item, you know, oyster stuffing stuffed milleton to start out. You'll have uh, a crab dip, <laughs> and the, the, everything else is like I think every family can, you know, associate with, with sure. those items. Yeah,
2: some some form of that.
4: And we try to take it, and then let's present it to our guests. It's very humble food for New Orleans, but we're going to do it um, for our guests, which should be familiar. And if people are in from out of town, this is going to be a treat for them to see another level of this is very simple New Orleans food, but you're going to get to try it as well, just like I grew up having it, you
2: grew up having it. and um, growing, up, growing, up, growing up thinking, oh, everybody has this. But <laughs> not so uh, much. <laughs> but, but Latin America and, and, and Latin communities call it chayote. Uh, yeah. uh, but I never, we never, we never tried there till I was like a cook and then the French uh, French speaking world is called a uh, Christophine but yeah. um, for whatever reason melaton became the New Orleans word the South Louisiana word which I've read is like a uh, the French word for a kazoo kazoo <laughs> kazoo? <laughs> kazoo yeah but it's <laughs> it looks nothing like a kazoo no it's it? a light green gourd no. and which is um, Not the people I've always seen. say it's mild tasting which means it's
4: slightly bland it but is it's very, but very watery it's,
2: there's a sweetness that you can tap into and with the stuffing with the accompaniments you can just kind of bring it all together and it's delicious nice yeah
0: well um, so are there other uh, dishes that you make that are sort of with out of town people in mind or is it always I mean how do you how do you do that
2: I we we never pitch it to the out of town people. We pitch it you know what makes sense for New Orleans and uh, and it 's a dangerous game to play that it 's a dangerous game to play to pitching it to the out of town people uh, because all of a sudden so uh, lose your authenticity you lose, exactly yeah. you you are essentially watering it down to make it palatable for our guest uh, we want we' definitely very much approachable and New Orleans food is very approachable right uh, but I think we had, it was, we st- I think we need stand stand by stand by what, what we do. As New Orleanians, stand by what we do as chefs, and I think, uh, uh, I think for the most part, our guests are very, very happy from out of town are very happy and very pleased with their experience at Del and what they feel, what they uh, what comes off as you know authentic New Orleans food. I don't, I I really try not to uh, say, well, how can how can I appeal, how can I appeal to this uh, Midwestern palate? I would expect
4: type. the same traveling elsewhere, right? I I, I want what you have. Yeah, I want what yeah, you yeah. eat every day. Give me the real deal. And then
0: we're welcome you along for the ride. Of course. Sure. Yeah, but you're not saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this with you in mind and kind of tone this down to, to be No, that's yeah. part of the part of
4: right. traveling and part of experience. Someone it's else's of, yeah. life. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is
2: yeah. what we eat. Funny, you see we've um this time of year, it's so getting beautiful soft shell crabs. And sometimes our out of town guests are a little bit baffled by the out- by the soft shell crabs. Right. Like the guests How do I peel it? Yeah. How do I peel it? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, the guests once us peeling try to get the crab meat inside With a fork and, and knife. Yes. <laughs> they don't quite they don't quite understand. Nevertheless, what I mean what do you do? In that case you just just you just do what's expected of us as New Orleanians, and what the food the food demands. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to not serve soft shell crab, or but uh, it's 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 a just kind of uh, something it's just funny sometimes. It's a, the, the out of town guest who doesn't quite know how to deal with a soft shell crab.
1: And I think, uh, and that uh, the environment there, the culture, is uh, would not make someone feel bad that they didn't know about. I mean, it's a it's a there's a wonderful mix between, uh, you know, celebrating food and and history and and um, bringing your own creativity to it, sure. and it's a nice environment. But it's not; um, you don't feel it's welcoming. Just like it's a uh, inclusive well, obviously, environment.
2: Definitely, we want for, you know it's a very it's a elegant uh, dining room elegant restaurant there's the waiters are in ties nevertheless we, we want guests to feel comfortable and we we you don't have to sit a certain way you don't have to uh, you know if you we have boudin balls right now we've on our menu We're doing stuffing with cream cheese and jalapeno. It's kind of fun. They're d- d- delicious, mm. uh, and I and it's like and uh, if, if the guests would would really like to pick them up and put them and eat them that way, th- I'd really be happy to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go out, so I go out to the dining room and see guests with a fork and knife attacking a boudin ball, and I'm just like. This is, this is a little bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to go, hey, hey, That's like
0: George Costanza with the fork and knife with the candy bar, <laughs> remember that episode? You know, it's just, there's something wrong about that, like, yeah.
2: No, so it's like, uh, but it's, no, but no, I think it's a very welcoming environment. Yeah. I think it's a very friendly environment. I think our, our, our style of service and our staff wants to have fun and wants to welcome you in. It's it's uh,
0: So, yeah, I don't... So now, what's your relationship to the other Emerald's restaurants, right? Like, you have the flagship Emerald restaurant yes. or whatever, the, the and then you have Nola, and you have yours, and, like, what... Is there, is there any sort of central supervision over all of you that makes any creative decisions? You're all pretty much, uh, your executive chefs are kind of on their own. To, oh, well, are, are there limits on you? I mean, how does that work? <laughs>
2: I'm the chef de cuisine. Right. And uh, we can create our own menu. We can create our menu, but there's a culinary director for the whole company. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, we have, we have a lot. We have The menu is ours. We have ownership of the menu. If Chef Emeril comes in, tastes something, doesn't like it, it's gone off the menu. Obviously, it's done. It's <laughs> really that's it's got just veto power. A, yeah, obviously, yeah. but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, we have a great deal of leeway. And it's look, um, over the course of time at Delmonico, over the course of the of the hundred plus years, they've done a great deal of Creole food. When Emerald first opened, it, they were doing Creole food. For a little while, they lost their way. They were, they were doing like there was a chef they were doing Asian fusion cuisine. Wow, really? When yeah. so it just, just doesn't when really. was that? A while back, before I got there. <laughs> but but then then we, then he we started doing the dry-aged meats. And everybody said, "Oh, it's a steakhouse," but no, it's a it's a great Creole restaurant. And we ourselves at the Monaco have we basically, we went our, we went to our culinary director and went to Chef Emerald and said, "Look." I typed up a manifesto essentially here is our vision of what creole is and what creole can be and what we can do at Delmonico yeah and that's
0: was this back in 2005 or is this more no this was, this was later
2: this was later right. this was later and so and still to this day everything we do kind of
0: so you know, go back to that document sometimes and revisit well, it I, well it's kind of so like in your you've memorized it's it, it now it's yeah.
2: ingrained yeah. this is the concept and this the idea is once again it's like okay Delmonico and, and Creole cuisine, we can l- look back at the history of Creole cuisine and bring things forward. Sometimes it means you have to update them. Sometimes like a crab meat remick, which is basically a, a baked crab meat and, and aioli, you don't have to update it. The old school, old fashioned version is delicious. Don't change it. Don't try to get fancy. Don't get all chefy on it. Just do it right. <laughs> Just do it right. Sometimes that's that and that's, and so we can update it that way. We, we, look back at, we can look back at the old world influences that shaped New Orleans French, the Spanish, huge influence. The Creole Italians who came later. The, uh, the African influence, which has always been kind of ignored, but that's, that's a whole other story there. We can, with the, uh, we, can bring all, we can bring all these influences in, and finally, at Delmonico, what we can do is we can look at uh, a Creole cuisine in the uh, context of the greater Creole world. New Orleans is at the bottom of the south, but we're, we're a little different in the south, though. New Orleans is also at the, the tip of the Caribbean. The Tip of the Creole world, yeah. uh, just r- it's funny. Um, I've been to Puerto Rico a couple times. I'm gonna cut the hand in Colombia, and as so you can see, the, you can see the similarities culturally, architecturally, historically. There. The connections are there. Uh, you just recently just, just got back a couple weeks ago from Disney World. Well <laughs> <back> I <again? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was we uh, went we're in, we were in a Kissimmee, and we we're in a predominantly Puerto Rican area. Went to a little Puerto Rican at- restaurant where we were the only uh, non-Latinos there at the restaurant the menus were only in Spanish there and we had there. head of the restaurant I had a pork chop with beans black with, with, with red beans and rice yes yeah, nice. yeah. Hmm. Uh, we had f- the sauce I had a little mojo which basically means vinaigrette which was just squeeze bottle then I had a I had a side of sweet plantains ah. and I'm thinking Wait, wait, wait. At Delmonico right now, we it's have a dish. <laughs> we have a, <laughs> dish, that's like we have a <laughs> dish that's just like that. We have a.
0: D- yeah. d- okay, you think it came from Colombia. That's not what. I mean, from Puerto Rico. That's not what happened. It ha- they, one of them came on vacation <laughs> to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> they ate at Delmonico <laughs> and they well, brought it back in. Now they're claiming it's Puerto Rico. Oh, we're basically right. We, yeah.
2: have a, we have this. We have a rum <laughs> uh, and coke glazed pork chop. Nice. Uh, with a. Uh, well, you have this at Delmonico? Right now. It's on the menu. Yeah. It's, it's a delicious. Uh, with red bean and rice gris say con Red bean and uh, is when the beans and rice are cooked together. Mm-hmm. Now, the red beans and rice, as we know it here in New Orleans, probably, we're not sure, but probably came over from the Haitian diaspora at the uh, turn of the 19th century, early 1800s. Oh. Uh, Haitian Revolution, there's a huge inf- uh, slave revolt. Huh? Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a slave revolt, Toussaint Saint L'Overture, the whole story. Uh, about the population of New Orleans doubled with these Haitians in the early 1800s. Third white folks, third, free people of color, third slaves. This recreolized creolized New Orleans just when it became uh, Louisiana, or, uh, United States uh right. uh, p- territory. Yeah. But we probably think our red beans and rice came from Haiti. Nice. Likewise, red beans and rice congri is what they do in eastern Cuba, where a lot of the Haitians went as well. You think, oh, Cuba's black beans and rice, but, but in east Cuba, it's red beans and rice. They do it together. So we have that. Uh-huh. That's that parallel. Then we have, with that, we have a big banana with on our menu at Delmonico think bananas. in New Orleans. Well, we have banana trees all over. Yeah, yeah. Everyone grew up with a banana tree in their backyard. Right. And of course, they say, well, do you, do you grow up thinking, do, do you eat those? Like, No, 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 you, those are cooking no, bananas. You cook exactly, but, yeah. but no yeah. one ever cooks them. But <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, the story of New Orleans, all the banana trees in our backyards, the story of New Orleans is Samuel Z. Murray and Cayenne fruit company uh. and United fruit company and the avocado brothers and standard fruit company. This, was the banana capital this is where all the bananas came to right. this is the banana port and we'll be again next year Chiquita's coming back next year oh really, really? yeah Chiquita's leaving Gulfport coming back to New come Orleans come on back. really yes so this oh, is this this is a big part of the story of New Orleans like at night I was reading uh, 1911 or so uh, Samuel Zemery uh, in fact yeah. I live in Zemery dorm my freshman year <laughs> at Tulane <laughs> I uh, but he and some uh, he and some mercenaries at the Carousel Bar, plotted the overthrow of the Honduran government in 1911, and they went they went down and overthrew the Honduran government. This is where banana republics were created and made. It's not always a pleasant history, but this is this is our story too, the bananas. So they but have. That happened at
0: Carousel Bar and the. Yeah, yeah the, Masleone, Montleone, Montleone, yeah. Yeah, oh,
2: the
1: wow. Let Let's go to uh, off the menu. It's a part of our show where we ask you a question sure. that uh, you wouldn't be asked on a uh, job interview at least not a job that I think either one of you would really want. Or maybe you would be interested in asking a a new chef, you know, someone working in your kitchen a crazy question. (laughs) But before we uh, get to off the menu, I'd like to take a moment to tell you all about Petite Pet Care. (laughs) (laughs) They are a sponsor of our show. And uh, when you're out uh, having a... uh, hopefully having some free time after work and you have a pet at home or (laughs) Um, petite pet care (laughs) can take care of your pets and you can find them at petitepetcare.com that's p-e-t-i-t-c-a-r-e.com
0: with pet in the middle yes pet Oh. You said petite Petite,
1: petite care. care. Petite. <laughs> okay. That's probably like, I was just making sure y'all or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for you, petite. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> okay. Petite pet care. I'm glad y'all are listening. Thank Ooh. you. You passed the test. And we yes. also
0: need to thank our friends at Wayfair for giving uh, our Midnight Menu Plus One listeners a 10% off everything on their fantastic Wayfair menu. Uh, plus, they have a three-hour happy hour every day from four to seven. And Chef uh, Kevin White's a f- uh, friend of our show. He's put fine dining into a sandwich, and the bartenders uh, put all kinds of great stuff into the cocktails too. Which is a cool place, yeah. Yeah, we love that place. You guys like that place? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no everybody, everybody does.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so we're ready. Margo.
1: Okay. So now we're going off the menu. Okay, Chef Anthony. If you were going to a deserted island, and you could only bring one 8-track, one 45, and one LP, oh what uh, what would they be? <laughs>
0: I feel like this has probably happened to him before, too. <laughs> He's like had so many adventures, but yeah.
2: Oh, my goodness. One 8-track, one LP, and what's I'm sorry.
1: A 45. A 45, I we don't. We're not making it up to uh, discs and uh, mp 3s I understand. I
2: understand. I understand. I. still in my head I hear certain songs with the eight track skipping at certain. <laughs> <amazing song. laughs> I still hear that. Ending out vida No, no, no. It's yeah. actually I was actually uh, <laughs> Heartbreaker Led Zeppelin two. Oh
4: uh, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, on eight track.
1: Awesome. Yes,
2: I had my, my, my father's copy. I remember I had that. Even. Even went to college with in the late eighties with an eight track player with a cassette adapter. That's as far as I got. <laughs> uh, but uh oh my goodness. Long you know. play.
1: Do y'all play music in while you're thinking about it, do you play music in the kitchen? We do while not play
2: music in the kitchen. I, I I hum music in my head, I sing music, I tap drums and they they really they really prefer what I don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Maybe uh, if you played music uh you wouldn't <laughs>
2: <laughs> i you know it's a lot of easy answers but i think one lp kind of blue kind of miles davis kind of blue yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that today you know miles davis coltrane kennedy bill evans jimmy cobb and uh paul chambers uh, <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's an easy one but it's like just 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 hearing Miles Davis play the uh, play the trumpet with the harmon mute. That's just, it's just like it's, it just hits you in the heart, soul. Mm. It's just a, and one one of the most beautiful sounds in the world, really is. Uh, what's that got to do with food? How does that influence my food? It doesn't. <laughs> 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 I, mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, li- I listen to a lot of Professor Longhair and James Booker, and that, I think that influences the food because that's the Spanish tinge, the Afro Caribbean and the in our music, and we're trying to express that in the food as well. But uh, but in terms of like you know desert island kind of blue. Oh my God! It <coughs> changes every few years. Right now, uh maybe a forty-five. Uh, something by uh, Arsenio Rodriguez. Uh, he was a Cuban composer guitarist, blind guy, but he pretty much created the Son Montuno, which he created later on Salsa, but in the Son Montuno, it was much more uh, rougher, uh, harsh, but um, very majestic, and that's something by him. Uh, Okay. The the clave, the the clave, just the three against the two, it's his rhythm, uh, Afro-Cuban rhythm, bop. In Cuba, they played on the clave, or they played on the bass. Once you play it on the second on the second, the second line beat. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you hear it in Patagonia. long that, dun, that that's kind of pleasing
1: dun. Dun. to hear you do that? But I would imagine every night if you were humming and snapping. <laughs> the other night I did it on
2: a a some uh, little tin cups, and it really, uh, really, uh, really, really <laughs> <laughs> irritated. It. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, she's like, there like, dude, just, just stop that right now.
4: That never happened.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that was a very sophisticated answer. I don't know about it that. Like, yeah, that's so it's, it's, it's,
2: um, something about, about it, or did you guess uh okay. um And then Miles Davis, kind of blue. And then do I need one more. Is that no? No, up? you got Not A
1: track. It? You got LP and forty-five. Oh Excellent. Right. Yeah, we had. Liz Thank Lose you. Two
2: in there too. See, wow, would quite you quite
1: want a job? Good. Would that you? Was quite uh, a gumbo it wasn't. of
0: songs, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> We learned a little something about you. I wasn't as um, I, you know, wasn't horrifying. <laughs> I hope <laughs> oh. no well, that was okay. a very great well, a question My it's question, for Darren. question. yeah,
0: mine's uh, a lot easier Good. Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> one person living live in the world today that you'd like to have a meal with one-on-one
1: Wow, <laughs> only
0: one though.
4: Anyone in the world
0: Anyone but in the world: so you're saying they have to be alive.: Okay. they've got to be alive. I guess they have to speak one of the languages you speak.
1: They don't have, I mean if you, like, like Putin, you can really speak. do
0: Putin if you wanted to have Putin, but does he really speak English? I don't think he probably does. Much, I I don't know. Yeah, he was in the KGB. Russian? He must. I speak get. Russian, so it's yeah, fine. that's, that's, that's so you're fine.
4: Jesus, that's a big question. Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. You said it was easier. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't
1: say it was <laughs> easier. He said it was easier. World,
4: one person. Um,
0: There's not much at stake here, though. You know what I'm saying? Like no one's gonna have to hold you to it. It's okay. <laughs> We don't have a coupon for you at the end of this or anything. <laughs> Ray really sets it up it for like for a one. blind yeah. date. Yeah. Yeah. And here he is. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
4: He's> behind <laughs> you're good. You're good. Yeah. This uh, is your life. Bill Murray.
0: Bill Murray. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's a bold answer. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Bill Murray. All right. What are um, you gonna talk about?
4: He's hysterical. Uh, I was actually, and it's. <laughs> no, <Yeah, that> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was watching. Um groundhog's day the other day <laughs> always, like one of those like the movie that comes on that you can never like yeah i'll watch this again <laughs> <laughs> and you do and it's like kind of a repeat of a repeat of a movie inside yeah, of a movie yeah. so bill murray very nostalgic uh, yeah no, like revenge of the he nerds seems he, he can't. seems like a cool yeah. guy to hang out with and, and nice he's always a cool, cool guy with fans so all right if you're gonna all
0: cook right. for the meal or if you're gonna prepare the food ahead of time what are you gonna feed him
4: I'm not cooking. <laughs> 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 we're going out to eat. We're gonna we're gonna go out to eat. Anthony's gonna cook for him. Yeah, two, two, two eat. Yeah, it's a day off. I'm hanging out with Bill Murray. <laughs> That'd be like a double-edged sword. It's like you get to hang out with him, and you're gonna work. Well, I mean, that
0: leads to an interesting question, though. You probably, you guys probably sort of live this in a way all the time. You got lots of famous people that come through. I'm yeah. sure, no. So, what? what is what? And they want to, and then, the, you yeah, know, they want to meet the chef.
4: So, what, what, what people have you met? <laughs> they don't the want to meet restaurant? the chef. Really? No. <laughs> they, they want to be. Sometimes just, we want to meet them. They, De Niro.
2: they, I want to be left Ooh. alone. De Niro came in. I would have liked to have met De Niro. De Niro, that was, that, that was. You were too
0: busy to talk to De Niro?
2: He yeah, I was, I was really gonna cool eat.
4: and really coy, and he was doing his thing. I you didn't want to mess with him. You're being respectful. respectful. But for the
2: uh, yeah. most part, I'm like, yeah. don't mess with those Who's going to get don't upset those those
0: that, that, cool. the, that the that the chefs came out to say hi, though? I mean, that's crazy. I, was
2: actually, I, was, I remember I was actually going to go out and say hello to De Niro, and he had he had left already. But that, oh. that's, that's really the only one, like, I d- That I would, was a busy I, night, too. It was. Uh. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. But uh, for the most part, you know, New Orleans are good about this. I'm good about this, too. It's like, yeah. S- don't mess with them. Don't screw with them. Let them enjoy the meal. Let them just be a diner. You right. know? You know? None of this. I'm your biggest fan stuff. Like, I got all your records. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd almost rather, hey, guess who I saw? Yeah. yeah. What did you say? I didn't, I didn't say anything. Hey, guess you who know? I saw? Yeah. Or if you, if you yeah. go out, just
2: like, about thank it. you for coming yeah. in. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's that, it. That, that's it. Nothing. Now, if you, you had
0: any, just, like, burst into the kitchen and want a tour and stuff, too? What kind of, c- do you have any celebrities like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, not so <too> much No. <laughs> Never. <No. laughs> <No. laughs>
4: I would say, for the most part, generally they they want to come in, they want to have their spot, yeah. they want to do their dinner, and, that, and that's that's the extent of it. They're they're in. And they want a certain amount of privacy, exactly. and just they just want
2: to enjoy their meal and just without being, you know. Do they t-
1: make reservations or like or ask like, would that ma- and we to me that would make a, a difference? Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I don't I don't it's not I don't, it's not a big history at Delmonico, as far as I know of. Of celebrities coming in under aliases <laughs> or, you know, funny you know. names. He
0: made Robert De Niro away for his table for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, not a smart move. No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> all right, Darren, I want to know a little bit uh, about uh, where, y- where you came from before you were working at Delmonico. Oh, wow. What um, your um, not culinary... Not
4: at all affiliated with food. Um... I was in the Was uh, your first
0: job cooking? Was it Delmonico? Monaco? No, I, I oh. mean
4: I played around in kitchens in high school, but was nothing not a nothing, serious nothing job, as a serious uh wow. a culinary career. And you're sous uh, chef now. That's amazing. I, yeah. 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 I I was in the army for 13 years and uh, I wanted I wanted to cook and I'm like, how much how much longer can I wait to, to pursue this? Because <laughs> 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 the, there's guys right out of high school doing this and hack away at it. And it's it's their life, so uh, I had to make a move, and I, I, it was a quick quick decision for me because it was it was a no-brainer. I I thought about it for so long and put it away, and then uh, acted upon it, and uh, I went and applied at one place uh, at GW GWFNS, huh. and uh, my next my next stop was Emeralds Del Monaco and I went in and the, the chef.
0: You started as line chef, or yeah, I started
4: yeah. I started on fry. Uh, which is the this, the if you're not on fry and you're any lower you're gonna be washing dishes. <laughs> so they went in. He, he gave me he gave me the the time to sit down and actually interview me. And uh, he said, can can you start on Wednesday? And I, let, well, I lit up like a light bulb. I was like, really you you're gonna let me how many work here? When year was this? This was 2008.
2: Yeah, I was I was a sous chef at that time. Yep. But and. I think. Uh,
4: yeah, it was, it was wonderful. I was like, I'm, I'm walking out the kitchen, and it was you and uh, a former sous chef, Isaac Toops. Ah. Uh, oh, wow. I, I yeah, so we've had him on the show, too. Isaac we love Toups, him. He's yeah. a wild man. A cra- yeah. Did a bunch yeah. of Asian. knives kicks, yeah. knife yeah. tricks for Crazy us.
0: Yeah. Trip. Almost the only time i feared Tom for my life. Luck, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <So>, uh <laughs> On the show, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: he, uh, and I'm like walking out, and uh, I'm like, what do I asking people in the kitchen? What do I need? They're like, get a spoon, get a knife. Get I'm like, spoon, knife. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then just get get back in the kitchen and uh figure out a new career and it, it just cl- it clicked immediately so you
0: didn't go to you didn't go to um uh, culinary school, school? now no. wow so you no, just it's, did all it's on it's the job u-
4: it's a, it's a huge teaching kitchen at oh, delmonico yeah. oh. oh. so it's, which is kind of wonderful because you can go the i'm a testament yes. of it you can go the whole route and learn in-house and ah. now we have treats. Did
0: you bring some of your homemade liquor too? Yeah, we have treats too. Oh. Wow. The uh, first thing I pulled out of here was the, was the uh, limoncello shame. too. Oh my gosh, not my to. favorite stuff on the planet. Well, limoncello is like revenge. Yeah. yeah. Best served
2: yeah. serve. yeah. serve cold. I'm <laughs> 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 not sure what so that means, but. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's yeah, yeah. there what we go. Limoncello wow. cold. Can
1: you um, tell us, tell me about <laughs> these. That's right, I heard about this
0: that you make your own liquors too. That's amazing.
1: Oh, is this
2: a new. No, I'm sorry. I started doing that basically. 2007 since I've been a sous chef started doing that and that's developed over the course of the years and we have you know, a whole bunch on the menu, we have a few things off the menu as well and that's inspired by my time in Italy where it's just, it's just, you can still go to a corner grocery and you get a neutral you buy neutral spirits because it's still part of the culture is for people to make liqueurs Nice. and the thing is, funny thing is, you know, doing, learning more about what New Orleans cuisine is and what Creole cuisine is the old Creole cookbooks like the Thomas Picayune cre- cookbook from 1902, pretty much definitive, says, is a quote that says, like, every Creole makes his own, makes his own liqueurs. (laughs) So so there was that part, there was that story, there was that here in New Orleans at one point, where you'd have the house made liqueurs. And so this is part of our culture, too, part of our story, too. Uh, But so we're kind of bringing that back. So...
1: And are these, um, can you tell the, so seven, elixirs of the the seven seven powers. powers. Yes.
2: What a great name! <laughs> it is a great name, and that's, <laughs> that's kind of where it started, huh? Uh, well, started with Started making limoncello first, uh, but uh, I would like to tell the story of my my, my I tell a story of my grandmother Alice Teresa Guerrero Scanio. I, mean, I found a picture. I found a picture uh, uh, in her house of her, her mother Maria Incarnato, and on the back was the recipe for Seven Powers. That's the story I would like to tell, but it's not the truth.
3: <laughs> no, it didn't happen like that, <laughs> but
2: that's, that's the spirit that we're trying to get at. But actually, one of my trips, one trip to Italy after, after I was living there. The spirit of deceit? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, no. But I trip to, one of our trip, one my trips to Italy after I lived there. Uh, bought this big old 15, 10 kilo book uh of sicilian cuisine and it had ten kilo book yeah it's huge at
0: it <laughs> 22 pounds
2: it was like i was like it's like a hundred twenty dollar book i'm like oh my god <laughs> i didn't know the price when i bought it i'm like oh okay go for it but uh th- th- there was the recipe for the elicer de sete potenti Elixir of the Seven Powers, but there was just listed ingredients, didn't give, give didn't give ratios or proportions, which is very typical of old school cookbooks. Or there's, there's no ratios, just list of ingredients. <laughs> so basically, uh, we basically over the course of a couple of trials, we created our own uh, ratios for the Elixir of the Seven Powers. And I think seven is one of those numbers. It's like it's is it archetypal or it goes back to like to the bible earth right. was created in seven right. days perfection so exactly it's Seven's like
0: perfection yeah.
2: exactly so that so a lot of these a lot of the uh, the cores were, were elixirs they were like alchemy they were like uh you know created for your health but now that is that is fun
1: now um do you recommend like do people pair this with a, with food or is it imbe- good in between Digestive. or just to enjoy
2: I, I think it's a great way to end your meal at the Monaco is with, uh, a, with, a, with a digestivo I mean limoncello isn't so much a digest, digest, digestivo it's just, it's just fun Yeah, it's just fun But we, we, we have a
0: problem with limoncello in my household though I can't open a <laughs> bottle without finishing it <laughs> so as soon as I open that it sounds, I have to finish it that that's a lot painful. of that's a lot of limoncello that's yeah. Yeah. a lot I of fun then I'm dragging right the next morning
2: but no over the course of time we do also we we do a strawberry drop um, when uh, uh. bunch of the strawberries are available. We uh, do a rucolino, which we have a sample of here, which right, is right. A, an arugula liqueur. We use some beautiful uh-huh. local arugula, and that's, that that's 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 inspired to do this on the island of Ischia in the Gulf of Naples. Do a, r- a rucolino, and it's got arugula. Mm. It's got a little bit of orange and lemon, a little it bit of vanilla. Smells fantastic. And it's, it's, it doesn't taste like a salad. It's just like a like a little like a little herbalness at the end. Yeah, that's one of my favorites for sure. All uh, right.
4: <coughs> it's uh this is so
0: tasty.
2: And one of our latest ones developed now was, uh, was just in the past past month doing a Delmonico comfort. Uh nice. Southern comfort mm. was created late 19th century in New Orleans by a bartender. He was took some bourbon, he, and he infused it with a bunch of uh, with vanilla and peaches and citrus and that's where Del- Southern comfort came from at some point. At some point it didn't change into an industrial product with neutral spirits and artificial c- flavors. Huh. Or maybe not. but this, So this is our little, our version here. So Now, do you distill these in the kitchen? No, these aren't distilled. These are just, just inf- we just take neutral spirits.
0: Oh, got it. Okay. So you're just infusing flavors. Infusing yeah. flavors. Okay, That's gotcha.
2: all it is. That's and great. So you can do all it's that right
3: in the
1: kitchen. It's so complex, though. How do you say this? This ruccolino? Rucolino.
2: Rucolino. Yeah, rucola is Italian. Rucola. One of the w- Italian words for arugula. So it's yeah, rucola okay. means a little arugula. Oh, nice. It and
1: has so many different <laughs> flavors and
3: so the it's cool thing like is was to learn to do
2: this really with some practice. It, this is this is something something a grandmother this is a grandmother project at home in Italy. Grandmothers do this. This is this is not complicated molecular gastronomy, it doesn't require any <laughs> <futures> <laughs> You're just, not making decent cigar boxes. No, going smoke no, no, no this it is right this now. is yeah. some this is just <laughs> this is old fashioned taking oh. taking neutral spirits and then just and just letting it take time. With the greatest... Let, infusing macerating mm. just
1: mellowing out and like then a just story s- in history it's it's like yeah. a little story in a, <laughs> in a glass.
0: So, Margot, I am devastated by uh, by uh, the hand gestures being offered by um, Grant because it means we're out of time. Oh, oh no. no! Yeah, I think uh, he's been doing that frantically for several minutes now, but I've been ignoring it. But I gotta. I think we I did <laughs> we do have to I've end con- this. But the only consolation is then I get to eat this amazing.
2: Well, yes. Plate let's put just so hear describe about describe that
0: a little bit for well, us, and then we'll 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 close.
2: The best way to finish a meal at the Monaco is with some of our... A house made liqueurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best way to begin your meal at the Monaco is with some of our house made charcuterie, our salumi. That's uh, yeah. a b- was very. Is this where Isaac
0: that. learned the the art.
2: We, uh, we was a co- yeah, Isaac was there. We we're all doing it together. It was it was it was a collaborative process. We w- you know one person would have one idea, one person would have another idea. Uh, a lot of it was inspired by my time in Italy, or I it uh, like the chorizo, which is very Spanish. Yeah. But chorizo, uh, everywhere the Spanish went, there's a version of chorizo. We have it here called choriz that's our that's our version of truso here mm-hmm. so but no it's uh, this is yeah isaac helped uh, eat, eat, we all learn, learn it together at the It's learning this is uh, very proud of our charcuterie very proud of that great way to begin your meal nice cured salty meats with some nice pickled vegetables slightly vinegary Nothing is better than to open up your m- palate and get your mouth ready for a whole bunch more food than something a little salty, a little bit vinegary, and that's, mm. a, that's the way to do it at Delmonico. Start so with your charcuterie or sal- your salumi, right, your charcuterie. You go into maybe a Creole stuffed melaton, maybe some drum meniere, uh have a chocolate ice cream d'oberge cake, and mm. then mm. finish that is show yeah. off with a little one of our liqueurs. and then you have yourself a wonderful evening.
0: I, uh, anybody that's listening to this that lives within about 300 miles of New Orleans <laughs> that isn't going there in the next week needs to get their head checked. That description we'll was, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was the Sheik of Araby <laughs> and the St. Rock Kid. Uh, better known to the rest of the world as Anthony uh, Scanio and, um, and Darren Chabert. Um, well, both of Emeralds De Monaco. Thank you so much. You can find out more about Emeralds De Monaco by following the links on our site on itsneworleans.com
1: And thank you all so much for coming in. I know your time is really precious and we really appreciate you uh, spending the evening with us.
2: Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.
0: We also need to thank Wayfair uh, on Ferrette Street to get our 10% discount off of everything on the menu. And you got to tell them that you heard it on Midnight Menu Plus One. That would really be awesome. And also Pet Pet Care, PetitPetCare.com, um, and Monkey Hill Bar on Magazine Street.
1: Thank you all very much.
5: Thank okay. you. Thanks. Good night. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, Margot Moss, and Ray Canato. Our technical producer is Chris Kehoe. Our director of everything else is Mary Ross. Thanks to our sponsors who made tonight's show possible, Wayfair, on Ferret Street. As a reward for getting all the way through to the end of the show, you get 10% off your tab when you tell your server Ray or Margo from Midnight Menu Plus One sent you. Also, Petite Pet Care for loving care when you're not there. Find those guys at PetitePetCare.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Midnight Menu Plus One, get in touch with us on our website at itSnewOrleans.com, or just email sales at itsneworlands.com. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for Midnight Menu Plus One, you can do that on our website too. You can find photos from tonight's show, check out our blog, and all sorts of other great stuff on it's New Orleans. .com, including our other shows, Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, Vietnola, True to the Game, and Mindset. You can hook up with Margo and Ray anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook. And Instagram. The awesome audio quality of the show is brought to us in part by Chris Kehoe's Magic, and the rest of it is done by PreSonus Audio. More information about all the wonderful sound recording equipment that PreSonus makes is at their website, presonus.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting. For itsneworleans.com, for all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next week around the New Orleans podcast dining table. Ray Canada and Margot Moss will be back then. Good night.
4: labor day signals the unofficial end of summer but not the end of your outdoor projects lowes helps you do it right and helps you save with labor day deals throughout the store shop now and get two bags of stay green potty mix for twelve dollars and keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a craftsman two cycle 17 inch gas string trimmer now twenty dollars off at just one hundred nineteen dollars whatever's still on your to-do list this labor day do it right for less start with lowes offers valid through 828 soil offer excludes alaska and hawaii u.s only